0: Now what the fuck? He was my best friend. He's my accountant. Taxes are doing like four days. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Why don't you just use Bob? Bob's an asshole. <laughs> it sucks. I don't want to use Bob. <laughs>
2: I smell that on the outside, a show that is uh, lost like tears in the rain. I am Scott, and with me tonight are two gentlemen who can introduce themselves in no particular order.
1: It's me, Jeff, again. I haven't been on a couple episodes, but I'm back. And you didn't have a good intro this
0: time, did you, Scott?
1: I really did not.
0: No, you just pulled that out of your ass, didn't you? Yes. Fair enough. And that being said, you've also got Sam for the second time. Sam Strikes Back. Sam Strikes Back. That's good. Where I am not, in fact, actually, this, it really should be really icy where I'm at right now. I don't think I'm going to see an at at walk by, but I'd take one to work.
2: I don't know. Those things seem kind of slow.
0: Dude, it'd get there. They're yeah. just, <laughs> they, they were stuck in first gear. <laughs> Froze the transmissions. We have the technology to make these bad boys go faster.
1: See so if you can find a yellow, and yellow one. I think it's a taxi. Although I wouldn't be
0: sure how you would hail it. Uh, You just get your... D- dude, come on. Your mag grapple? On the yeah, bottom. Good point. Good Knock. Point. Yeah. Good They'll call. just be a dick and cut the hatch open with a lightsaber. God, that guy's an ass. I don't know who he was, but... He's a dick. So I, I need to get something out in the air, Scott. Because okay. you, you had me on a number of episodes ago. Quite a number. Quite a number. And you know what? I... I did not promote you, and I yeah. should have. And so, you know what? I did promote you tonight on, on our show because we recorded before this. Right. And I, I teased it that I was going to be on the show tonight, and I'm going to tease it next episode, too, to get you some more exposure because okay. I was a dickbag.
2: Yeah, well, the exposure has been very strange lately because um, I, I, if you don't follow the Twitter feed, that there has been media who, that there was like – Mevio Joys, in which I got, like, a huge audience that showed up and listened to a bunch of old episodes. And then Mevio decided to be fucking fucktards about how they handle people who aren't, you know, famous. Or something. So, if if you're one of those people who found me through Mevio, you aren't listening to this now, because fuck them. But then, for some reason, I got 400 downloads of the Star Wars episode we did months ago overnight
1: i'm not wow. even kidding
2: like not even kidding check check the numbers before bed because that's what i do when i'm bored i check the numbers i'm like okay yeah that that's like 60 people from evio and like 40 from the regular people from before and then i wake up this morning and it's like 400 and i'm like what the hell what yikes. the hell you've gone yikes. viral
1: Scott aren't you proud
2: <laughs> yeah but that episode was not especially good
1: <laughs> what episodes have we done that are especially good I liked the cowboy bebop one <laughs> okay
0: yeah dead air <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping like, I'm keeping that I'm just
1: keeping my comments to myself that's all I'm saying
0: All right. yikes <laughs> So I suppose I should say I should do a little self-promotion here, Scott. All right. Uh, I'm Sam. I'm from The Way of the Game podcast at thewayofthegame.com. Uh, we do video game news and reviews. And uh, uh, that Scott grabbed me for this episode because it is, it is right up my alley. I, I have been known to rage out on an episode or two about, yeah. about this genre of games.
2: Yeah. And, and I think people were poking you on your Game of the Year show.
0: Oh, they... No, that was a setup. <laughs> I was set up by Jonathan.
2: Oh, they were setting you up, were they?
0: He, he did. He gave me all the categories that would most likely lead me to Hulk out. And while I didn't turn green, somehow change into purple pants and wreck the place, I did, uh, I did lose my mind for a couple minutes, all right. which was not the greatest to edit. <laughs> or to listen to, for that fact. It was a little over the top.
1: All right, I don't know. Nerd rages are often fun to listen to.
0: Yeah, not, at not least
1: for humor's sake
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post we'll fix it in post
2: I've got an interview with Fred Hicks that I have to edit and I told him I would fix my the fact that I robo out in post and then I'm like because we kind of almost dropped the call halfway through
0: Ooh!
2: so I told him that I would fix it in post and then he was like And then I told him that he kind of started to Robo in the middle And the only way I could fix him in post Was to make him sound like a robot the whole time (laughs) I might actually do that though I have the technology
1: You are speaking to a robot Hello, how are you today? (laughs) Would you like fries with that? Alright
2: I guess we should do this I guess we should do do Pick of the Week Yes Wants to go first with things that are awesome this week. I'll go first. All
1: right. My pick of the week goes to a YouTube video I discovered last week called The Death and Return of Superman.
2: Oh, that guy was. That, that video is so good.
1: <laughs> it's done by Max Landis, son of uh, film director John Landis. And Max Landis is. Max is also a chronicle. director himself. Yeah, he's I mean, also a director. Of the movie Chronicle out in theaters now is his baby. And he's done a few videos like this in the past, and I've since gone back and watched them. This one is actually pretty high quality, though. Because he's got you
2: know, random Hollywood friends in it for some reason.
1: Uh, Elijah nice. Wood, Mandy Moore. Huh. Oh, um, I forget the last guy. The guy from The uh, Walking Dead's in there. Ron Howard makes a cameo appearance.
2: Yeah, it, Wow. The, it, if you haven't seen this video It's awesome It's Max Landis Summarizing the death And return of Superman Story arcs Right <laughs> While ranting about how Like it, it ends up It starts out with him Just summarizing the events With like Different actors Sort of tr- Trying to act it out a little So it's like So Mandy Moore Plays this Completely stoned Looking Lois Lane The whole time <laughs> And then at the end It turns into this whole rant About how That was the thing That made Comics so Stupid for most of the 90s.
1: Well, I have always thought that the death and return of Superman was one gigantic clusterfuck. But I could never quite articulate why. This guy, he's got it. Granted, a lot of what he said was inaccuracies, and, you know, it was a little out there at times, and he's just pulling it out of this. He is drinking part of the time when he's watching this, so I'll give him some slack. But he makes a lot of sense.
2: Like, in the comments, he he describes that he was drinking the whole time and that this is the best selections of a 45-minute long rant. Wow.
1: Which is always fun and interesting. And then he actually gets, you know, stars actually act in this. The best one is Elijah Wood, where he plays the cyborg Superman. And the things he's required to do are beyond stupid. And he does it well, believe it or not. At one point he literally goes. At one point he literally goes. Doo, 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 I'm leaving, and he fakes flying away, which is him running through a parking lot. <laughs> which Wait, is just you... like. This is Wait. stupid yet awesome. Yeah.
2: All right, I'm gonna throw my pick out to a DS game that came out a while back, but I just finally I just picked up and started playing. It's called Solo to Robo. Red the Hunter it is about a dog with a robot
1: everything is better with robots see oh. it's
2: like, like it's you, you play this dog man and it's kind of the standard anime airships and floating cities setting i can't believe that's a standard anime setting like how how many times do you need to do airfoot airships and floating cities before it comes starts to become a normal thing But it's this airship and floating cities thing, and there's, like, some mysterious dudes, so there's, like, some evil dudes who want these crystals, and you're, like, this guy who's down on his luck, bounty hunter, work for hire type guy, who helps this kid out to get these, you know, MacGuffin crystals away from these evil dudes. Hmm. But it's a fun little game where, like, the combat is sort of, it's an action RPG, and the combat is kind of like sumo wrestling. So it's mostly just you grab dudes, throw them, and throw them at other dudes. Okay. Hmm. But yeah, it's 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 about a talking dog who drives a robot around and fights stuff. I was sold at that point. And then the...
1: I was about to say, I, I have no idea what that means, but I like what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah. It's got a very tailspin kind of vibe.
1: Tailspin?
0: Food-eating <laughs> uh... bears that fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With... Fox Sky Pirates. Okay, good, good yes. to know. I oh yeah, there there, that, there
2: are Sky Pirates who are foxes, man.
0: And orangutans in Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I hated that show. That was the worst of the four block <laughs> of Disney cartoons. Oh come on. come on, worse than Gummy Bears. No, no, this was not part of that four block. The four oh. block was Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, tails and then Rescue Rangers.
2: Really, and you're telling me that Rescue Rangers was better than Tailspin? Hell
0: yes. Yeah, Head and Shoulders. Hell yes. Monterey Jack won the
1: cheese. Hell yes, Rescue Rangers (laughs) was better than that.
0: (laughs) Yes,
2: yes. Can we at least all agree that Darkwing Duck was the best one?
0: DuckTales, woo! Mm, DuckTales, I gotta give it to DuckTales, bro. Now, that being said... Gizmo Duck, motherfucker. Darkwing Duck is a spinoff where Gizmo Duck is a dick bag. True, <laughs> yes, and where Gizmo Duck is not a blumbering hero, like like a bumbling hero in Ducktales. A dick bag. He's a dick bag in Darkwing Duck because he is Darkwing Duck's rival. Yeah, he's like I have technology. What's up? I'm like you, except my stuff works. So I'm like cyborg Batman. All right. Now in and Duck-ta- in,
1: in Ducktales, uh, he is more of a Tony Stark character as opposed to a bumbling idiot hero. Yeah. No. Overpowered,
0: egotistical jackass. Tony Stark. Yep. yep. Yep, Tony Stark is in Darkwing Duck. That is fair. Tony Stark is Gizmo Duck. I just said it. Thank you. <laughs> <Gizmo>. <laughs> Actually I think she's the other way around. I think DuckTales I don't think they came up with Gizmo Duck until the eighties and Tony Stark's a creation of the late sixties, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That being said, uh, I'll go into my pick of the week. My pick of the week is something that I've had to eat crow about on our on our show, and I've had to eat crow about to, to someone actually today. I was talking up trying, uh, a friend of mine's looking for another game to play, and uh, I described to her uh, how the two previous titles to this in the same series were unbearable. They were terrible, and I could not stand them. Morrowind sucked. Oblivion sucked worse. Skyrim fixes the problems. Now, People have, it still has problems, yes. though. Yeah, thing is, people have wanked. Just like I mean, they're just tugging it like, like, like hard. That it's the greatest game since sliced bread. That is, this is not the case. Skyrim has problems. Okay, it has issues. It is not a perfect game.
2: It's a very uh, shallow game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even say shallow. But okay, if you say no, it's it, shallow, then it's it is a pool.
2: broad and shallow. Yeah
0: broad and shallow like the story the writing is not gonna impress well, you There's okay not Bethesda face.
2: has three writers one of them can only come in Tuesdays and Thursdays and the guy who comes in on Tuesdays and Thursdays is really good yeah it's a shame he's not in charge of anything important
0: yeah it's too bad because they, they have some, some re- things really done right they've distilled down the first the fantasy first person perspective game be it shooter or go up and cut something in half with insert bladed weapon here Uh, They have it distilled down to a very easy user user interface that does not require you to just jump and just jump over and over again to increase your strength, which is a horrible idea.
2: Well, hey, I loved the fact that in Oblivion, in order to become a successful assassin, I spent about 12 hours jumping through fields picking flowers.
0: I was because a damn that's good assassin, because that's picking through fields, yeah. picking flowers. Yeah, because that's very applicable to the skills of assassination. Yep, of of paid murder. So anyway, it's Skyrim's a fun game. It's I've put almost forty hours into it so far, and I'm in like the third main quest line. This will just wander around. Hey, there's a cave. Oh, oh, Got attacked by a wolf. Oh, the wolf has a note on it. Who sent the wolf? Let's find the wolf master. Let's punch him in the face. You know. There's a lot to do in this game, and I, I was really hating on this before it came out, and so I'm really happy that, that my one of my co-hosts kind of talked it up a bit, and I got into it because it was it's been so far well spent money. It's don't don't expect it to you know raise your kids and fix your marriage. It's not the the perfect game, but it's it's worth your money.
2: Skyrim. Worth the money. If only as a dollar per hour of gameplay equation.
1: It works. It works, man. Did I tell you about this time I took an arrow to the knee? Oh fuck that. Yawn. <laughs> <dude.
0: laughs>
1: Sorry, I had to.
2: Like I I, I I mostly blame Bethesda for only writing only ever writing about eight lines of dialogue for guardsmen. Because I I remember Oblivion, being told that I had f- people had fought mud crabs more in- intimidating than me many a time, but apparently arrow to the knee just took off with the internet.
0: Oh, it's just like yo know, t ing and bradying and owling. Planking. Yeah. Planking.
2: Planking was on American Idol, and I was like, "Bitch, please! People are owling now."
0: I do not want to talk about hipster related topics. It makes my face hurt. I'd much rather talk about what's wrong in shooters.
2: Alright. And I, I have a number of controversial opinions about what's wrong with shooters right now. Oh,
0: oh let's hit, hit it.
2: it. Well so I'm gonna is your
0: biggest one. Chumble Waters.
2: Alright, I, I am not I think I think we gotta build up to a couple of my big ones, but I'm gonna oh, start.
0: You gotta blue ball me, Scott?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna blue ball you a little. Oh. I'm gonna start with just throwing this one down. PC... Dear PC gamers, shut the fuck up. The you way you...
0: Ha- oh, oh, I'm sorry. Your thesis continues.
2: Yes. The You're... way you play games is been rendered largely irrelevant <laughs> because of the design changes made in this console generation and the previous... Your advantage is bullshit.
0: Is that it? Signed, Scott? Signed, Scott. Okay. Also,
2: Goldeneye was never that good.
0: Oh, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. Okay. So l- let cool. me address your point, your, your first point. Okay. It, it looks like you're coming from a stance that PC gamers have this attitude of superiority. Yes. They do. Okay. <laughs> you – there's certain – okay uh, – you have to understand my background and where I come from on this. My first first-person shooter was Duke Nukem 3D. My first online first-person shooter that I played with other people in uh, a lot of hours was Half-Life and the various mods of Half-Life. And, no, and I'm
2: with you, man. My first, first first shooter was Descent, and I spent most oh. of my time uh, multiplayer in, like, Quake 2.
0: Oh, yeah. And then, you know, I played some Quake. I didn't play as much Quake 2. I didn't play multiplayer that, but... When I got into like Counter Strike was the first game I played online a lot, and you know the last time I really played any PC gaming is right. Well, it was about three and a half years ago. I was playing Team Fortress Two. Okay, I went over to a friend's place who had the orange box for his Xbox and tried to play it. Un, uh, it, it was not a fun experience. Unbelievably bad because of the lack of button controls for team fortress 2 now here's the thing how how was the translation from pc to console that's a factor and i can't speak to what that is or not but we all know of some examples where you take a game that on pc is unbelievably good and you put it on a console and it sucks and the game i'm looking at right now is crisis crisis was ported to the 360 and it's terrible yeah there is still I, i i gotta argue with you scott there is something to be said about playing games on a PC well, and the level of competitiveness there with, with keyboard and mouse versus dual analog.
2: See, this but, is the thing is, I don't think that there's something that the keyboard and mouse isn't a, an yes. ideal platform for what it does. My issue is that the way shooters are set up now, it is... A, th- this is the evolution of shooters in a nutshell, is that, okay, you have Doom and Wolfenstein, the, the, the original two, really, and... You, you just build a maze And you put dudes in it And you have to find the keys in the maze to get out So it's about exploration and resource management So being good at Killing things quickly Helps you do those things Then You have the first Shooter designed for consoles By smart people Halo And this is And Halo is not about either of those things your health rebounds, and ammo not is plentiful. The, not
0: necessarily in the original. Well, no. In the original, e- you had two flavors of health, right?
2: Yes, but the, the, the first one barely mattered. Like, the regular health flavor barely mattered if you knew how to manage the rebounds. The rebounding energy bar thing. Because now the game is less about precision and resource management, and it's about timing. Halo was the first cover-based shooter.
0: I I gotta say it's about precision too. It's it's less about resource management, and it's more about precision and timing. I think the precision stayed. I think Jeff, what's are you, go- are you with us on this? Yeah.
1: Well, I think what's going on here. You're right, Scott. That yes, it's more about precision now, and it's more about it's less about resource management. There's less. There's more of you know, stick and move, hide behind things. More speed as opposed to tacticians. But I think what's going on here is everyone gets used to a certain way. If you're used to playing uh, shooters on a PC, it's like trying to reset a bone trying to play it on a uh, console. You just can't do it. Vice versa, the same way works. If you're used to playing your shooters on a console, trying to play it on a PC is like speaking a foreign language. You just can't do it. That's well, what both sides are going to say. Well, my way is better. Of course, it is for you. If you try and do it the the opposite direction, you won't have a damn clue what well, you're doing.
2: Like there, there is the preference in how people have grown up playing them. But I think there are deliberately sort of a PC style shooter and a console style shooter now. Like, but the,
0: I don't give think me so. three I think... examples of a PC style.
2: Okay, I'm going to say Half Life Two.
0: Okay. Well, okay. Recent.
2: Yep. Okay. So, all right. Recently, I'm going to say. Both crises, crisis crises. Yes,
0: that, crisis that's th- one, crisis two.
2: That that is the Pearl's crises. And I'm going to say, um, what did I? I I've, oddly enough, resistance would have been better on a PC because it's trying very hard to be Half-Life Two.
0: How about Battlefield Three?
2: Uh, Battlefield, Battlefield. I think. Yeah, definitely, if only because of uh, the way the multiplayer
1: environments work. See, but I at think, the
0: same time... I, I think, think cool.
1: everything you've mentioned except for Crisis is kind of one of those down-the-middle-road. Is it? Can it be a PC game? Yeah, you, you bet it can. Can it be a console game? Yes, it can. Crisis, you're right. There was an example of a PC game that just didn't work in transition. As such, it didn't make anywhere near as much money as the other games did.
0: However, though, I think Battlefield 3 is where both Scott and I's arguments break down. Because... Yes, Battlefield 3 is made using an engine that can do 64-player co-op on a PC, but only 32-player co-op on a 360 and PS3. Okay, so you've got – you obviously have a lot more possibilities for button commands with with a keyboard and mouse, right? You have a a quicker level of precision and target acquisition with a mouse That, that you have to give to keyboard and mouse they have, you can tweak your settings so much more closely with the choice of equipment for your mouse, and the choice of just sensitivities and keyboard layout, that you can, I I argue there's more customization there, but they with Battlefield 3 they, they coalesced the shooter down into what it's become now what Battlefield 2 learned from being PC exclusive, and what they had gathered from all of their console exclusive shooters, I'm looking at you Resistance, I'm looking at you Call of Duty, I'm looking at you. The Halo. bad companies. Yeah, all the bad companies. They gathered all this data and they went, how can we make an experience that's the same on every console? Because ultimately that's the goal, right? To release it on every console so you can rake in the dough from everybody.
1: Right. The more consoles you're going to release it on, the more money you're going to get in the long run.
0: Exactly.
1: But, but that's, why they, that's why every game is starting to be similar. You're right. In terms of precision, in terms of more detail on the PC, you're just going to get more. problem is if you do adjust a PC game anymore, you're just not going to make as much money. you got to try and hit the middle of the road somewhere. Maybe it can work for a PC. Maybe it can work for a 360 and a PS3. Maybe you can put it on other consoles. Maybe you can't. That's why, like I said, the, the middle of the road is between your 360 PS3. And your PCs, your Wii's, your handheld system—that's a whole other ballgame, completely.
2: Yeah, and something I uh, th- there's sort of an ancillary point to this is that uh, I kind of and I've kind of lost track of it is that I think shooters are not worse for the existence of consoles. I think the fact that con- your average console really only has a dozen button inputs, and even if you and if you port that to PC. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I played TIE Fighter, I love TIE Fighter. You need to know what all the keyboard buttons do to play TIE Fighter. But that was scaring people away from PC gaming more than anything. Now that you've kind of simplified it down to a dozen buttons, even on PC, it's much more approachable.
0: See, I don't think it's necessarily a button configuration thing that scares people away from PCs. I think it's cost.
2: Yeah, the time and effort are there, too.
0: I'm wrestling that right now don't get me wrong I would love to play some Battlefield 3 on my PC I would love to try the old Republic um, I'd like to I want to play the binding of Isaac I want to play uh, to the moon but I have a laptop with no video card I'd need to drop minimum a grand to get a machine that could play crisis 2 oh, that could do more than a grand play... for
2: crisis two
0: <laughs> you think so you think 15 hard 2 grand
2: I think probably at least thirteen.
0: Okay, so let's and say two, like, two k, and
2: that's like off a rack, and that's like off the rack. I'm sure if you you know bought components individually and assembled it, you could save yourself quite a bit of cash. But yeah,
0: probably if you new egged it, you could make it less. But then you have to. Well, does my I mean then then you've got to look at in a year. Well, does my system still have enough to get this? Uh, you know, can I get this game? Da, da, da. You know, you know, what type of stupid. Uh, DRM is there going to be on this? Guess what? I can just spend. I mean, if I had 2 grand to spend between a gaming PC, or let's say 2500, let's say 2500. So, you could so buy you get the, a gaming the big PC, big honking
2: monitor and the sound system to go with it.
0: Well, no, assume you have that. Assume you have that. Okay? Cuz I'm going to assume you have a TV for a console. You bought you drop, you got 2500 bucks burned the hole in your pocket. Are you going to buy a 2 grand PC and 10 games? Let's be honest, it's going to be nine, 8 or 9 games. Yeah. Or do you want to drop 2500 bucks on an Xbox 360 and every goddamn game and accessory you could imagine?
1: Or at least the ones you want. Right. Well, I, I think money is involved, but I think it's also a part of... Some people just aren't that technically savvy. Some people... I mean, some people you show the system requirements on the side of a PC game box, you might as well be showing them hieroglyphics. They just don't True. know what it is. They just don't know what they need, what they have, or whether this will play on their system. They know that if they have an Xbox 360 and they buy a game that says Xbox 360 on the top, guess what? It's going to work. They don't got to worry about system requirements. They don't got to worry about any of this complex nonsense. They just know I take the disc out of the case. I put it in the machine. I play the bloody game.
0: The end. And that simplicity, that, that lowering that barrier to entry is legitimate, Jeff. It is. It's just as like, and that's as why financial barrier.
2: And I think that... that... That's sort of why people have a lot of nostalgia for the Apple II games, because you, if your game worked on Apple II, you just plugged it in and you were good.
1: Right.
0: Times have changed.
2: Times right. have
1: changed. Now it's all like- now I, I, games I don't work
2: on apples at all. Video- Sorry, go ahead. Now games don't work on apples at all.
0: No, <laughs> but you know what? T- times have changed. That's a great transition into your talk on GoldenEye. Yeah. The GoldenEye sucked. Okay.
2: Well, okay. This no. is the thing: is GoldenEye didn't suck it was just never especially good like a lot of mul- but like a lot of nintendo multiplayer games particularly from the 64 you didn't notice how bad it was because you were playing with your friends on the couch right next to you
0: no you Doesn't didn't that no, make no, it the... fun no that that's not the case scott when the 64 came out we had never seen graphics like this we had never had free-floating 3d environments like mario 64 it was revolutionary, and Nintendo touted the fact that they had a 64-bit system all over the place. Yeah. Every single title had 64, 64, 64 on everything. Weight race, 64. Why do we need to know that, a, that race and jet skis is 64? There's nothing. Was there a 63? No, it doesn't make any sense. What, but...
2: what Did I miss quests 1 through 63? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on?
0: What, what happened? So so anyway, you've got you have these environments. I remember just wanting to fly around the first area in Mario sixty four with the wing hat on because it was three D flight. It was absolutely breathtaking at the time. Now I had played Duke Nukem three D. I had played Quake. You know, I I well, done and my, those my were like sprites season.
2: in three D environments.
0: Yeah, the r- r- Yeah, they were two dimensional sprites that moved around. So it was basically a cardboard cutout with a couple different sides. Yeah, right. Let's be honest, because that's what it was. Like, well
1: cardboard but, cut out.
2: Like, honestly, this, if, you, if, if you're a youngin, go, go download the demo of, like, Marathon on your Xbox, and you'll oh, see exactly
0: what we mean. <laughs> I made that mistake. Yeah. Luckily, it was a demo. Yeah, just, but, just demo it. <laughs> but you go back and look at Goldeneye. Yes, it didn't have a jump. Yes, it was really fuzzy. But guess what? You had weapons that had remote controls. You could set traps. You had reloading. <laughs> You had it, it had 3D, you know, you know, 3D characters that moved around in a space. Yes, it was fuzzy, but at the time, that was revolutionary. Being able to sit down with three of your buddies and throw proximity mines at each other, right?
2: And that's the other thing was that it gave you enough tools to really mess around with it. That gave you sort of the best of land parties
0: exactly. in a box. Exactly in a box. Because I remember the land parties, Scott and Jeff. You probably remember this too. You're looking at your. You hear your buddies doing a LAN party. You look at your setup and going, "Man, I really don't want to tear this 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 shit apart. Right. I really don't want to have to haul my monitor." But once you got there and got set up, oh, you the, the adrenaline, the Mountain Dew, the <laughs> in the the Cheetos in our case, or the pizza once we ordered it. Well, I mean,
2: I, I should note here that in Canada, clear sodas aren't allowed to have caffeine, so Mountain Dew has no point or resonance with gamer culture here.
1: That's what? a sad thing. That is horrible. <laughs> What?
0: What?
2: Yeah. People sell, like in Canada, the only Mountain Dew you can buy, unless you go to like a sketchy Chinese run uh, convenience store that imports American Mountain Dew, you, you, you get Mountain Dew without caffeine.
1: That is wrong on all levels.
0: Everything I've said about Canada up until this point being great, I have to take back. And, Everything. The weird... and this all is the thing is that when any. Tim Hortons, I, can't, I can't, I have to take it back. There's no caffeine in your Mountain Dew.
2: Well, and this was the thing, was that for a brief period when energy drinks were on the rise, uh, you could get American Mountain Dew. It just had a different label on it, and it had all the energy drink warnings on it. And it was – it was, that was a good couple of years. And then
1: – Food Dew, police?
2: No, no. Then hit, the Mountain Dew came out with AMP Worldwide, and I'm like, ah. Now I have to spend twice as much for this.
0: Fuck. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> Back to okay. Pepsi Max for me. Yikes. All right. Uh, 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 let me reel from that you know, reality-changing you know, game-changer <laughs> of a comment. But uh, Gold, GoldenEye, is, here's the thing. At the time. Yeah. At the time is the mm-hmm. Lens, you have to fray, you know, frame that entire argument through because as soon as the PS1 came out, it blew the 64 out of the water. As soon as the Dreamcast came out, what it could do, it blew the 64 out of the water. Oh, man, and that's Power the stone. nature of gaming, man.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm kind of agreeing and disagreeing with you both that it was golden eye overrated. In terms of graphics, kind of, yeah. You look back, and even by the standards of the day, your other 64 games you had out there, the graphics weren't that good. But at the end of the day, if the graphics are okay, which they were, and the game is fun, do we really care? That's the first game I ever played where you're just sitting with a couple of friends, running around in circles, shooting each other with a friggin' paintball gun. You're, having, you're making no real point to the game, but you're having fun, so who really cares? That game was a ton of fun because it had plenty of options to play with. It had all sorts of fun weapons, all sorts of little unlockables with paintball modes and whatnot. The, the single-player game itself was fun, and that was the first really multiplayer shooter I can ever remember playing. Every other shooter before that, I'm just playing by myself for kicks and giggles, and I get bored with eventually.
0: Well, I think the Internet wasn't to the point where it could maintain a solid connection of, of a shooter bandwidth.
1: That's online. true, but even online. then, you're not playing online with GoldenEye. You're just playing with your friends, you're, and you get yeah, that exactly. big multiplayer going, and that four-way split screen, you got four people playing, you're playing that little you know, screen the size of a shoebox, and you don't care. You're having fun. That was the first one that made multiplayer shooters fun on a console.
0: Yeah, and that, that vibe is what people looked for with the Halo games. And, and that is what you—you you definitely
1: hit that with
2: Halo One before Xbox Live.
0: Came. Oh my God! Yeah, and Halo it, Two also.
1: The whole yeah. point of Halo Two was, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean we're going to get Halo One and we can play online now?
0: Yeah. Who cares if mean, there's a
1: single player?
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! You mean we can do a wield? Yeah. <laughs> oh.
1: No that that whole Halo Two thing was. Who cares about the single player? Who cares about the story? That, remember that all that online offline stuff we were having fun with Halo One. <sighs>
0: Here we go. <laughs> See, here's the thing, Jeff. You just you just hit on one of my huge problems with the first person with first person shooters these days. It's with one of my big bitches, oh. emphasis on multiplayer and the lack and and short single player campaigns because of it. Yeah, Call of Duty is the worst offender of this. Oh, yeah. this is true. The worst offender. I won't buy it. I didn't, you couldn't.
2: Buy- you could literally just. You you could literally have not released any Call of Duty since four and just distributed. The uh, the the multiplayer max from all the subsequent games all over Xbox Live, and no one would really have noticed or cared.
0: Yeah, you just new maps, yeah. and you add some new weapons, or you you add like a different class, right? L- like a different gr- like a different division, so to speak, which is basically what they did with Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two, Black Ops, World at War, Modern Warfare Three. I don't know what this next one's going to be called, but I haven't bought one since. Maybe Modern it's. The, 2. I
2: think the the unofficial title is. Call of Duty Eight, maybe in Korea call, or something.
0: Call Call of Duty Nam. <laughs> but, no,
2: they they tried to do. You can't do Nam.
1: Yeah.
2: You, can't, you can't do. They tried it that with a couple charged. other games,
1: and it just didn't work. Every five yeah.
2: years, someone tries to do Nam, and it just
1: no.
0: Can't do it, it fails. Yet. But but Too the soon. thing is, I I moved to where I moved to three and a half years ago. The fastest internet we have is either like 120 bucks a month satellite, or your standard 60 buck a month, six meg DSL. Okay. I can't play competitively online like I used to. I can't. Cause we had cable internet back where I went to college. There's, there's, I can't compete with guys who have cable, who have even a T one line. If they're lucky bastards enough to get it or a fiber optic, I can't compete. And so I've gotten out of the multiplayer competitive anyway, environment. And so when I see games that are built solely around the multiplayer contingent, because let's face it, that's what people are buying it for and putting the gross amount of hours into it's right. not being marketed to me. And therefore I, it's my choice as a consumer not to participate in that. But unfortunately well, I, think, I am in the vast minority. Well, I
1: think there's certain games that are certain games, certain shooters. Anyway, some are relegated towards you're focusing on the uh, online multiplayer aspect. Call of duty is the poster child for this. Nobody cares about the single player. Nobody really cares about what the story is. They just say, okay, get me the online. I want to get online and start playing. There's other games that, yes, they have multiplayer, but the focus is on the single player storyline. My best example of this is Killzone for the PS3. The multiplayer is okay on that game. But quite frankly, I don't care for the multiplayer on that game. I play that for the story. I play that for the single player. That's a lot of fun in the single player. But in games like Call of Duty, you're right. I don't even know why they package a story in the bloody game. They could just release Call of Duty multiplayer, you know, update version, whatever charge 60 bucks for it. And people would buy it in droves. I'm, I think we're starting to get to that too. Anyway, I think you're going to start seeing here in the future. They're going to have like, maybe in the next battlefield, we'll come out on the PS three and the 360, And maybe they'll just scrap the whole single player and say, this is an online game. This is only an online game. If you don't want to play this game, if you don't want to play offline, or if you want to play offline, don't buy this game.
0: Yeah, play with someone else.
1: They, tra- they, the tried that with the, they tried that on the PS3 with a game called Mag, and it didn't do too well. Not so much because it was online only, but because the game
0: wasn't that good. But, yeah, the <laughs> game was not that great. It, they tried to do 128 player multi-maps, you know, player multi, you know maps, which, right. when it worked, was a zoo. Right. And it was fun, but the shooter was just not well refined, from what I remember hearing. I
1: played that. I rented that game and I played it. It was the shooter. The shooting aspect was good, but it wasn't good enough where you had all those people in that little area. If they had all those people in a you know nice big huge map, that game would have worked a little bit better. But they're cramming all those people into a tiny little box, and it's just any aspect of coordination and teamwork is just nope, Everyone's killing everyone. Madhouse.
2: So shoots the bullets. Someone will run there run in front of you eventually.
1: Noob tube. In that gets game, into... your best option was to run around firing the gun in a circle. And you had the best option of killing someone. Or if you that, do that, that, certain games like Call of Duty, you are certainly to die in a few seconds.
0: But that that gets into one of my other bitches about first-person shooters is one-hit-kill weapons. I understand the need for realism. I do. I get well, it. I get what people are looking for. But At the
2: same time, this, this keys into my thoughts on Gears of War, but... I cannot stand a gun. Like, Gears of War, you can't kill a damn thing without wasting half a clip into it first. Yep. But and that's, that's sort that's of the what opposite what the extreme. Fun. No. No. It's That's what, tedious. what makes the game
1: fun, is it is
0: constant
1: warfare. You're not just suddenly headshot, headshot, headshot. None.
0: You can but do that, that
1: if you're really, really good.
0: But... but at the same time, Jeff, I hit on this. I went back for, for a buddy's wedding in, like, September. And, you know, I bought Gears 1 and Gears 2, played them, and then sold them. And I'll get it. Gear. I've got a whole third list of third-person shooter bitches too, uh-uh. but we can get into. But with Gears, I, I decided because Gears Three was coming out because you know came out at la- the end of last year. I thought, hey, do I want to play Gears Three? Let, let's play some Gears Two with one of my buddies. He said, sure, we'll pop it in. So we pop in Gears Two and did Horde mode. It was terrible. Really? Absolutely. Horde is my favorite terrible. mode on that game. No, I loved Horde. I remember playing in security. I played. 9 hours straight with one of my buddies over christmas a couple years ago when it was out 9 hours straight of that game mm-hmm. it was it was out it was out of this world we had so much fun cuz we had never played that type of mode before i tried playing it again and i just i would i mean the controls were terrible i was trying to shoot guys and i couldn't shoot shoot the wretches they got on me i tried to run away they just stayed on me i tried to chainsaw and they killed me it's like what the hell okay w- why and and then uh, then I'll uh, okay I'm alive all right next round boomer that was done, I got exploded. Which hits on my one hit kill weapons. Everyone remembers playing the single player in Halo Two on a higher difficulties, and it's those jackals with snipers.
2: Oh, freaking oh, yeah. jackals!
0: Fuck those guys! Like New okay? Mombasa,
2: that one that one alley.
0: There's nonstop snipers everywhere. Yep, you're done. If you're yep. on a if you're trying to play on on legendary, or or even or even heroic, you step out you're dead yeah reload really really we have to re- there's a there's a happy medium because obviously i'm not thrilled with these snipers but at the same time gears of war jeff your, your complaint is 100 valid or was it scott regardless one of you guys yeah. was like yeah half a mag and something doesn't die really really
2: yeah. like that, that like i played i played gears of war single player with sam like we mainlined all three games in a period of months just by borrowing them off friends Mm-mm.
0: this and, is the real lady friend Sam
2: yeah this is the the real lady friend Sam and because I of would her hoard... and
0: you I've received no end of issues yeah.
2: yes well yes I I would hoard sniper rounds like a fiend because those that's the only gun I considered worth using <laughs> until they fixed the um, the one gun I liked from three in three. Like, it, the, the semiotic, the semi-auto rifle was actually passable for 3.
1: The only... I played Gears of, th- Gears of War 3, and I've always felt Gears of War is kind of one of those love-it-or-hated games. There are people out there who just love it to death. That's personally my favorite of the shooters we've been talking about so far. And there's certain game. I mean, there are certain people who just can't stand it. They just don't love the mechanics. I think it's just a thing about the game. Some people just don't get it and don't like it. Other people love it. I don't know exactly what it is about that game that really divides people so much, but get me. But I always enjoyed that fact of, especially in Horde. I love playing the Horde on that game, except when the, uh, Berserker shows up. That always drives me insane, but I love playing that game just because it's actually people working together, which brings me to my next, (laughs) my, my big complaint on first person shooters. Um, I am a casual gamer. I'll admit it. I play the Call of Duty games, but I'll play them, you know, I'll play it one night and I might not come back for another, you know, five or six days or longer. I might, you know, take a couple of weeks off and play something else. Maybe I'll come back to it. Maybe I won't anytime soon. Mm -hmm. There are some people, literally on the day that Call of Duty came out, the last one, Modern Warfare 3, came out, they had already, you know, maxed out their character on the first day. You know they had gotten their levels so high; they were already on the um, the name escapes me already. But what do you uh, what do you get when you start over from level zero? Prestige. Prestige. Thank you. There are some people who had already hit prestige mode on day one. It is a video game; hence the word game. This should not take over your life. This should not you should not be so good and so incredibly obsessed with this game that you're spending all your time on it. Well, Take a break. This is a video game, not a way of life.
2: Part of it is that we've had so many iterations of essentially the same set of mechanics. So if you were good when four rolled around, this is true. You're still awesome now. There's no learning curve between games because that would upset their player base and they might not buy map packs.
1: Right. Game one and game two are they're all the same game basically. They're just you know tweaking things here and there a bit, but still, even if you're the best player in the world. You'd have to be playing for hours and hours and hours on end to get that high that fast. There's a, you know, there's such a thing called obsessive compulsive disorder, and I think some people have it with certain games. Call of Duty being number one on that list.
2: No, no, you, you want to see OCD? Watch someone play, try and manage their inventory in a Bethesda game.
0: <laughs> <Ugh>.
2: <laughs> like I don't just... know. Just watch just... someone try and sell stuff in Fallout Three.
1: Well, another example is you see people get so angry and frustrated, and you know people go nuts over these things. You go absolutely crazy, you know, when they lose or they win. They start, you know, I've seen people when they win a you know, a big match of Call of Duty, they start talking all this trash. They're so happy, they're so thrilled, they're so the world is a great place. I'm like, you won a video game. I'm glad that you're happy. But I think you're taking it a bit
0: too far. But some people don't have much more than that, right? You know, there are guys that work crappy jobs that they hate. They come home to live with women they don't necessarily want to be with. And this is the one thing that they really take pleasure from. I, I get that. I get where they're coming from with that over-the-top celebration of winning because it's, it's a team thing. It's the exact same thing with softball, right? Football, soccer, chess club. A fellow Dude. club, whatever you're doing, right? It's the idea that as a team, we were able to work together and achieve a common wanted objective. I get that. Now, the fact that it's a video game, I like, don't get me wrong. Like I have other hobbies besides gaming, but yeah, if you're, if you're on the mic losing your mind, like there's one of the, that's one of the big reasons, Jeff, I don't play online with random fucktards. Yeah. <laughs> and this, I, this
2: is something I just want to get in, in here is that, yeah, people on Xbox live are stupid. And if Microsoft really wanted to bring a PC experience to the consoles, <laughs> let us run servers.
1: Yes. Like, well, but I'm that, not sure how breaks. well that would work on a 360 considering the PC community is smaller and a little more tight-knit. Xbox 360, 360 is the ocean.
2: Yeah, but Thank like, you. if they let a group – like if let's say the three of us kicked in some money to rent a server from Microsoft and just be like – Okay, whatever game we want to play for the next few months, we're going to run this as a server, and then we could moderate it and keep the assholes out and play the modes we like all the freaking time. And, you know, when Microsoft decides to pull support for a bunch of Xbox original titles that we really liked playing, we could keep that going.
0: But here's here's the problem with that Scott. One of the reasons that console gaming is so tight and it's so plug and play is because you don't have a user interface that allows you to see behind the curtain where the wizard of oz is using his machine to talk through the giant face. Okay, you limit the amount of control the player has over the administrative side of everything because they take that away from you in the interests of simplicity. To give people the ability to, to make servers themselves, which I saw you took another route, but I'll get to that too. If you give people the ability to run their own servers, that means you have to give them some amount of knowledge of the server architecture and, and the technology needed to, to moderate that server, which for Xbox is extremely proprietary because they spent a lot of money making this thing to be bulletproof so that they wouldn't have to deal with a lot of the same problems that MMOs have to deal with. Because the amount of money that I'm sure Blizzard has put into keeping people from hacking the hell out of World of Warcraft is extensive. Okay? If you go with the rented server thing, I think that could be a great, a great opportunity for Xbox to make a lot of money. Because they could charge you money, uh, 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 I mean, name their price to a point to have, say, we want a server to run this game, like for Spooky Outhouse. Hey, uh, Call of Duty uh, Banana Republic is coming out, and for some reason we got 50 people that want to play this on the Spooky Outhouse forums. We get together, we throw down the cash. It allows us to moderate. If you know, and you can invite people in. If we get someone in who's an 11 year old who uh, you know uses made up, you'll know, call someone dick tits because he's been playing Bulletstorm. You kick him out well- because. But but at the same time, I guess that, that creates a problem because Xbox moderates all of their players' activity, right? You can rank somebody and give reviews if they're a one-star or five-star. You know, five-star, hey, this guy was great. He was good to co-op with. And one-star, the guy just did nothing but go dick tits, dick tits, dick tits over the mic. You kick him out, he'll file a complaint, and then all of a sudden you have administrative issues dealing with Xbox saying, why did you kick this 11-year-old out of your game? all right, who do you have as witnesses, da-da-da, and it becomes my word against yours. Yeah.
2: Well, and well, at this point, thought... the mod staff kind of has to deal with that anyway.
1: Right, and it's become a bit of a plague. As <laughs> so many people complaining about this, complaining about that. I'm sure they're getting swamped, you No, know, and and I don't know how well that star system has worked out, but... I, was about... I have five stars. I, I think on... I've
2: played multiplayer, like, I played like multiplayer once a
1: week, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that's about what I do. But that's why you just don't get many, yeah, reviews. You just get a few (laughs) five star, and you're good. But I want to comment on one thing you made. Is like you you said that maybe I always thought, yeah, maybe Microsoft or somebody might start, you know, renting servers. Maybe that'll happen, and then the PlayStation Three incident happened last year.
0: Oh yeah. Of
1: that. Flush that right down the toilet, because after that happened, Xbox 360, any thoughts that they had was like, nope, never, not happening, ever, because that might happen. Or That's worse one. That might happen the day Call of Duty comes out. Can you imagine oh. the utter madness chaos that would occur that if right before Christmas, the day after uh, call, the next Call of Duty game drops, Xbox Live is crashed by a hacker and it's locked out for three months? Hell would be unleashed.
0: That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, I mean, let's look at some of the stats for Modern Warfare 3. You're talking this game sold in 24 hours, six and a half million copies in the U.S. and U.K. alone. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're talking six and a half. Like, let's not even look at it. Let's look at it as Ocean's 14. Okay, you, you, you look at, they're looking at a heist. Right. You, you get there on, let's say, December 20th. Let's maybe even say 21st. You set it up so that it's the day – or the day after this game comes out, basically, right? You set it up so that as soon as – So like November 13th out, then. Yeah, like November 13th – like November 12th or 13th, right? Because it was 11, 11, 11. Same yeah, but sky. that's only
2: because it was like a Tuesday.
0: Yeah, because they're dickbags. So anyway, they, you set this up, and as soon as everyone gets logged on and they're playing, you drop the code to hack the architecture, and anyone playing that game – you get their credit card number can you imagine the utter chaos that would follow no it's jeff it'd be a zoo like if you opened up all the cages at once there'd be cannibalism there'd be there'd be other you know consuming of other people There'd mass be mass hysteria you know, dogs and cats, and cats living, cats living together. together human sacrifice <laughs> brains of frogs you know it'd be it, it would it would seriously be disaster for not only Xbox, but also for Activision. Right. And I,
1: Like I said, I could almost think that, you know, in a pre-PlayStation 3 hack world, maybe they were considering that. It's like, you know, if we could we could make some good money if we rented a couple of these servers that are, you know, not being heavily used. <coughs>
2: Excuse me. Like, especially because you had a community of people who didn't want to see those Xbox original servers go down. Right. Like, I'm sure you could get the, the thousand sure- guys who were still playing Crimson Skies... To kick in enough cash to keep that floating, or
1: Halo 2, or any other number, you know, popular Xbox original Xbox games. I'm sure they could easily do that. The problem is, as soon as that happened, like we are never letting anyone that we have not done a thorough background check on anywhere near our servers. With a 15 foot pole, they can't even look at it.
0: But that's one of the things that we sacrificed for the power of the of the Xbox Live marketplace and the PSN marketplace. Yes, as soon as you allow us to digitally buy content, you have to lock down a lot of stuff because Counter Strike. Guess what? I didn't pay anything to pay counter to play Counter Strike except buy a copy of Half Life. I downloaded the mod, I installed the mod, I chose to play Counter Strike, and I remember playing before they had the dual pistols. Right? I was playing back in the day to, to do some you know old ga- old gamer cred, and and it was I mean it was developed solely by the community. It was not a for-profit type deal. It was because people, Valve had given them the tools to mess with it how they wanted, and it was use our tools to make things. But And if you want to do servers, go ahead because there was nothing to purchase. Yes. Now they, have, now they have Steam.
1: Yes, but Valve in itself is kind of the, they're, they're kind of different in that respect from everybody else because they do kind of say, here, here's our game, and here's some tools to play with it. And if you something do something up. neat, we Have might some hire fun. you. <laughs> right. If you see what, be creative. Do some neat stuff. Have some fun with it, and we'll see what you can do. Come up with.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody else money. is.
1: Do not touch our stuff. It's our stuff, and if you do, we're gonna sue you.
0: Well, I mean, look at, I mean, look at the thing that happened with Double Fine, right? Double Fine decided, hey, let's do an adventure game. How are we gonna put get it out on iOS? Let's, let's let's put it out. No, let's let's do. Yeah, let's do uh let's do it on Kickstarter. Yeah. What do we think we need for this? Well, we probably need if we had four hundred K in Kickstart Capital, we could probably make this thing go.
1: Well, if it's three hundred K to got... make
2: the game and then hundred K to do a video documentary of the whole yeah. process.
0: They have one point four seven million
2: right now. And they are making a thousand dollars an hour.
0: Okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But you <laughs> you're not you're involving the community but you're not involving the community in in a place where they have access to see behind the curtain right it's still pay no attention to the man behind the curtain it's just do you want to be a part of this what can we give you as an incentive for showing you want to do it which i guess is kind of off the topic of letting people see behind the curtain of the servers but i don't know pc gamers have a lot less internet fuckwad capacity but you've got people who can who can do really a lot more damage. Okay, so so you're dealing with you're dealing with kids like, like kids in an elementary school at a playground. You, you put plastic up, you know, you don't have po- stuff to poke their eyes out on. You don't have rocks they can throw at each other, and you're fine. And people have fun. But as soon as you go to a dance club, yeah, adults have fun there. You got to have bouncers, you got to have security cameras, you've got to make sure you don't have under 21 year olds in. It's a different paradigm of security working in a PC environment versus a console environment. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, it also makes sense in that fact that if you're going to play these PC games, like you said earlier, you have to have some good amount of money to play them and once more you have to have a pretty good amount of knowledge about computers in the first place. So if you already have a lot of money and a lot of knowledge means you can probably do some damage if you wanted to. And there's no way to tell that if you just because you have a lot of money and a lot of knowledge doesn't necessarily mean you're a good person. Yep,
0: very true.
2: All right. But I think we've kind of strayed pretty far from the topic. So does anyone else have any grievances to air against uh, the, the shooter? Because I've got a few others I think you can bring up.
0: I do. Terrible AI. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. No. Co- I love co-op shooters, but I I could not handle Gears of War when i would get shot down and be crawling around and my ai guy would be too busy running around killing people to come revive me
1: right
2: it's fucking well, bad every time every uh, i can
0: i can't do it i can't do it anymore and deal with bad ai you could not play left for dead competitively above normal mode unless you had real people
1: well there's a game i like to play a lot called killzone the ai for the uh, hellgas the bad guys in that game are excellent They're very smart. They hide and cover. As soon as you got them lined up, they move. It's very fun to play against them because they're a very smart enemy and you got to be on your game to beat them. As opposed to the guy you're running with who's a friggin' idiot. He gets killed all the time. You have to go revive him. You get killed and he's off in East Jesus and you got no chance of getting back.
0: East Jesus.
1: Yes, East (laughs) Jesus. He's way nowhere near anywhere that could be helpful to you. Yeah, I don't know team. why they, they did such a great job with the Hellgast and how smart and dangerous they were, and it was such a fun enemy to fight. And then the people you're working with are such idiots. I don't get this. I can see why we're losing the war in that game. The Hellgast are so good, and we're not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so right, I guess can... I guess on that I have sloppy controls, too. I What's have that? when you've got drift in your controls... Oh, I just want to shoot people, and you're not letting me do that. I cannot handle your game. Goodbye. I just I can't deal with it if, if the controls are not crisp.
1: Can I complain about something? Something you don't see in many shooters anymore, but you used okay. to see them like a dime a dozen everywhere you go. Shemone, Jeff, let's hear it. Bullet time. Enough Ooh. with the Matrix references. Enough with the slow-motion bullets. It's getting annoying. I understand it's kind of died down since then, but the longest time, every game had that bullet time where you fire the bullet, slow motion until it hits the guy, then boom, he's dead. That was kind of cool for a little while, but they dragged it out way too long. Well, there were man. games that oh, used man. it
2: so well. like, oh, And there were like, games
1: that used it so incredibly
2: like, badly. Like, Van- like Vanquish and Max Payne built their games around oh, that, and weird. it was good. Everything
1: Yo. was in slow motion in Max Payne.
0: You know, you're massaging my, my, my gamer nutsack right now with the talk about Max Payne. Max Payne 2 is one of my top ten games of all time. Oh, yeah. And this, the bullet time in that served a purpose because you're doing noir, John Woo, detective story. It was, it was perfect. It fit. It, was, it, it made sense in the, in, the, in the scope of the game, in the story, and the setting they had, they had lined out. You are one cop who is framed and needs to shoot his way to the truth. How is bullet time not a great way to do this? Now, Jeff, I, I, I'm with you. It got out of control. There's, yeah. a,
1: there's a certain game, Dead to Rights overdid <sighs> it. Dead to Rights really overdid it. Max Payne, I'll give you a little bit of a pass. Yes, it worked with the story, but it was overdone. Dead to Rights, the whole damn game was in bullet time. God, that game sucked. I, that was one of those all-time games that I bought at full price. And I sh- would, if I could go back in
0: time and say, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah, you shat when you got back and determined how bad it was.
1: Right. It's like, I spent $60 on this. God damn it.
2: This and is now horrible. the box is open and I can't
1: return it. This is true. Yep. That sucker made it to GameStop quick. I was like, you know, I'm going to give this to GameStop where I can get a little bit of money out of this. Holy crap. <laughs> you know you know what game is really bad when GameStop's selling it like a week after it's just come out for like 20 bucks.
2: Uh, yeah. no. No. The the, the the best metric for bad games is when uh, uh, Future Shop starts selling it with... Con- you, you just buy a console and you get it for free. Yeah. That's how I got Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer for the Xbox 360. Oh. Also how I got Turok for the original Xbox.
1: Oh!
0: oh. oh no, I didn't even think of Turok. Oh. When I was thinking of
1: bad shooters. Wow,
0: man. <laughs> Quantum Theory. <sighs> For the 360. Never played that. <gasps> oh, it wanted so badly to be Gears of War and failed.
1: Okay, so if I ever come across Quantum Theory, stay away. Stay
0: very far away. Oh yeah, yeah. It hacks it. Bad.
1: <laughs> the
0: All two right, fingers, I mean, man. God, right. This is this
2: is a little rant I've got brewing that is directed more against the fan base and certain critics than anything else, and that is. Okay, we can all agree that the Brown military shooter is terrible. Stop ragging on it and just start buying games that aren't that. Mm. And on the same note, this is how shooters have evolved. It's entirely by imitation. Like there was a time when the shooter gen- the first-person it. shooter do- genre were called Doom clones.
1: Well true, yeah. but that's always the case. You get you get a game that's popular; everyone clones it. You made Halo; everyone cloned Halo. You got Gears of War; everybody started cloning that. It's not that, you know, everyone copies everyone else. It's you get one good game, and then everybody copies that. Mm, to and a point, I mean,
2: do advance within that. Like the the guys at LucasArts took the Doom engine, took it to pieces, and created something they called the, the uh, Jedi engine. And the only difference was is you could have multi layered environments, and you could look up. And that became Dark Forces One.
0: <laughs> oh. That was good. That was good. Now here but, but the thing is, Scott, there there is something that flies in the face of your generalization. There is a shooter franchise now, as of this year it's a franchise, that grew completely out of a masters a a, a computer programming masters project that was tested and went wow. What you guys have done here is revolutionary. How about we, we pay you to make it, mm, to polish it up, and we'll put it in an anthology of games that we're planning on releasing here. I'm talking about Portal.
2: Well, Portal is a puzzle
1: game. Yeah, Portal, no, I don't, don't Portal a shooter. Portal is a, a first-person shooter. shooter. Portal is a puzzle game where you happen to fire a gun. You're not killing anyone with it.
0: Mm, well, kill, except for GLaDOS GLa- you kill GLaDOS, spoiler you yes, kill but Weak, you do that spoiler. via indirect means but at the same time there's so- no direct control, violence in the killer. game <laughs> it uses the exact same system as Half-Life, the exact same code you run, you jump, you duck you have that first person shooter portion you shoot portals, you aren't shooting people but you're shooting portals you took what was functionally Half-Life and all you did was you took away the gun and you gave them. A puzzle gun, that is an evolution of the genre. Well, yes, it's, yeah, but it's it's, it's, it it's doing it by
2: sidestepping into a completely different genre. Like right. the core of the I, gameplay is not about uh, getting, is not about eliminating the turrets to get reach the goal. It's about figuring out how you get yourself to that goal in general. And turrets might be in the way.
1: I don't qualify Portal as a shooter. That being said, them. Portal is one of my Portal Two is one of my all time favorite games of the past decade. It was be- brilliant, and I loved it.
0: Um, but I don't qualify it as a shooter. It's a puzzle game that just happens to involve a gun. Well, I mean, look at look at some of the stuff that was done, and see Valve is the company we keep coming back to for game evolution,
2: right? Well, that's because Valve just designs the fuck out of everything they do.
1: Well, that I mean, back what we said is they let ev- everyone play with their tools so, here, have some fun. See what you can do. Ergo, evolution. They take well, what well, they got, they build upon it, and they improve it.
0: Who else has done a, a randomized event, a semi-AI program like Left 4 Dead? Oh, yeah, no one. Who else has done it? That's evolution of the, of the series. Look at, look, look at the difference between Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. You have a massive step in graphics. You have a weapon that, that picks up objects and uses objects as weapons. Okay, you get uh, a mechanic where you have to direct a fellow AI to fire for you cuz you don't have a gun. That's evolution of the genre. Now, what are they going to what could they possibly freaking do to change Half-Life 3 from the current trend of things? Look at Half-Life 1 and 2, both had the health bar and energy pack for shields mechanic for life. Is Half-Life 3 going to follow that the the the, the Call of Duty vibe because Half Life 2 came out the same year as the original Call of Duty. The mechanic war started then and Valve has been out of things. They had a health mechanic still with Left for Dead.
2: I don't I don't see them switch I don't see them switching either.
1: I don't see why they would switch. I mean that's fair that's yeah. their thing. It's, it's not like they're the only ones still doing it. It's well, just it the, the, the common theme now is the you and know, one thing shot, that's worth noting—magically healed. <laughs>
2: one thing that's worth noting about the way Valve does it is, you take less damage the less health you have. Like you take a rocket to the face at full health and full shields, it hurts a hell of a lot more than at half health and no shields. Mm, I don't buy it. Now, ch- no, no, it—it's literally a thing. Like it, it, it's in like some design diaries. Like You you still die from overwhelming force, but it's like the big hits hit – they pull their punches the less health you have.
0: I don't think with the big hits. I think with small hits it makes sense with handguns, machine guns, but with grenades and rockets, I don't buy it. I'd have to see it in writing because that sounds completely counterintuitive. The idea is you soften someone up with a gun, and when they run around a corner, you whip a grenade, and it finishes them off, right? Or you – They're running away. Then you pull out the rocket and track them, because you don't want to shoot shoot it when you're close, or gonna blow your own face off.
1: I have, I have no recollection if Scott's right or not. So, arbitrary
0: discussion, huh?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I think we might be overthinking this, but oh well. That's good discussion. Yeah, this is true. So, Scott, you said you had some more complaints. What else you got? I just don't like gears.
2: You're I like, I love like, Gears. Like, I, you, and it's, like, get, the mechanics only bother me a little. It's the writing that's just, like...
0: Okay, the, yeah, the story is fairly cookie-cutter, i What about the writing bothers you?
2: Okay, so, you start the game, and it just throws you into this setting and expects you to care. And it never really goes back and establishes any of the backstory. Or really, anything they, about these characters you might like about them.
1: They use novels for that. yeah. Uh, yeah, no.
0: <laughs> How is that any different from any Call of Duty game?
2: Well, yeah, no, and this is this is or true Halo. of a lot of the writing in shooters. That. But the thing is, is that they clearly have developed a setting, and they don't use it. And the thing is, and I, I will say the same thing about Halo, is Halo has a wonderful setting and a lot of interesting characters. It's a fucking shame. There's no, it's, they aren't in the games.
0: Mm, they did with ODST. Yeah, ODST... I mean, was and with Reach, well, Reach was an
2: adaptation of a pre-existing novel.
1: Right, Re- Reach is the only one that actually had a story to it.
0: But mm, Fall of Reach and the game Reach have very little in common. Yeah, very little. Yeah, well, it, it's it's the same setting. Now, it's the same if, setting, if, but they, they use a good story. But now, if Halo Four touches on Ghosts of Onyx, I'm which hard. Which is
2: what they're doing.
0: Oh, I'm hard.
2: Like uh, a buddy of mine was at a launch event for Halo 4 and sort of pointed out, hey, this looks a lot like stuff that might have been in a Ghost of Onyx. And he was like, and the guy doing the demos was like,
0: yeah, funny that. <laughs> Shifty eyes. I, I can't talk about it. My NDA <laughs> is very strict. There's
1: a, I would tell you the truth, but there's a guy with a gun behind the curtain and he will kill me if I
0: say anything. <laughs> But it's not a gun; it's a rat wire. So he's gonna be like, "Yeah, it's gonna be on." <laughs> <laughs> and gets behind the curtain. And it's like, "Uh oh, <laughs> what happened?"
1: <laughs> hey, look, okay, the next guys! Party. I'm gonna spill
0: the beans. This main plot of the story. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro! They're they're in the base. They're in the. <laughs> but yeah, gears gears rubs. Uh, I want to love gears. I do. It's it, it's it's visceral. It's it's desperate. It's somewhat post apocalyptic. But you're right, Scott. They they they're like, oh, there's emulsion. Like what, what's what that? The hell, what the hell is emulsion? They don't tell you till the third game. No. Well, Marcus is a criminal. Well, what did they, Marcus do? They
2: don't tell you till the third game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Mar- Marcus's dad is a criminal in the second game. Well, why? Well, spoiler. What? Why is the locust queen a hot chick? What?
2: Like you are thrust into a. You are really? put into a carry like you are put into a character you know nothing about, into a setting you don't like, you don't know about, against enemies you don't know about, and it asks you to care at every step.
0: Is the well, average viewers player going to care?
2: No.
1: No. Here, here's the here's the basic rule. I didn't care about the story. I could care less. I just enjoyed the mechanic of the game and how fun it was. I really don't care about the story about Marcus's dad. About you know he was in jail. About you know dom's wife all that nonsense i do not care i want (laughs) to play the game i want to kill the monsters that are running at me and i want to blow things up
2: and they're doing a prequel trilogy about the pendulum wars which is probably Uh... where they should have freaking started
0: you gotta say though like gears was a graphical step forward so it's got the graphics thing going for it at the time yeah it had who had done a third person shooter that had that type of setting at the time i mean I remember playing Siphon Filter. That was horrible. Horrible. And that was third-person shooter. Also, you cannot tell me you don't remember the first time either you did it or you watched someone else sitting next to him chainsaw somebody.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, I will give them much credit for Chainsaw Bayonets.
0: Okay, the Chainsaw Bayonet. Like I was like, what is this game? And he's playing it. The guy's like, check this out. He runs around a corner and... fucking jade saw that's the guy I'm like holy crap what did you do he's like i just held the a button and ran into him man i'm like do it again <laughs>
1: give me the controller it's a sick and horrifying uh device in that game and you want to do it over and over and over and then of course you get the lances in the second and third game we just run into them like a bulldozer that's fun too but that's what that game is it's meant to you know be played for fun There's not a whole lot of story involved. If you really want to get in depth in the story, you can, but for the most part, it's just about you know blowing stuff up, killing monsters, and having fun.
0: Very true. And
2: the third game was, and the writing they, for the writing duties on the third game, they gave it to the person who'd been writing the novels, and all her little craziness crept in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the third. If we're gonna go by story, I actually think the second might have been the best of the three games, but even that was pretty lame. (laughs)
2: Well the third at least had the second at least had context for your actions for most of it. Right. Although one thing I really hated about Gears was you you will get an objective that is go to the thing so you can get to the uh, to your overall stated end goal. And the second you get to the thing it is ame- it is broken and you have to go to a different thing to get the thing to work.
0: And then every time So it's, so it's non, it's, it's not, uh, innovative in terms of its, its way to get you through the story.
2: Like it is, like I understand that they have set pieces to hit, but I'm just like, just once I'd like to have a different reason through through going through this whole area other than to find the thing that will make the thing I need to get to the plot go.
1: Well, that's the same basic thing as you know, go get the blue key, go get the Um, red key, go get the yellow key or whatever nonsense. You know, it's the same basic thing. Instead of getting a key, we're getting a machine part that makes this part work, so we can move on. It's a key.
2: Yeah, but it's like every time. Every single
0: time. Nothing goes according to plan, but it's boring when it goes according to plan. Yeah, yeah but
2: well. it, it, got, it got really tiresome when a plan that seems so straightforward just can't come together.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed Gears. I don't care what anyone says. I still have fun with that game playing Horde. Except when that stupid emulsion... Berserker comes up. God, I hate that thing. Oh, the
0: uh, the Lambet?
1: Yeah, the Lambet, pardon me. Lambit Berserker. God, that thing's a pain in the ass to
0: kill. All right, what else you got, Scott?
2: I might, I might be tapped out for rants. I'm going to look at the game shelf and see if anything inspires me.
0: Well, can I just say
1: something? Sure. A certain game that shows you can still do a great first-person shooter and you don't even have to have multiplayer, a little game I like to call Bioshock. Oh,
0: oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. okay no, this totally is my rant. Talented. Okay,
2: you, you've managed to hit a rant. This is grew Bioshock 2 just for existing.
0: Yeah, Bioshock 2 was.
1: Bioshock not good. 2 was all right. I mean, it wasn't anywhere well, near as good as the first. I'll give you that. But I don't think it was bad.
2: Like no, it, it just didn't need to exist. Bioshock 1 was a nice little package,
0: complete story. Yeah, Com- you did not need another trip into Rapture. You didn't. Like, you can't, you can't go really to Rapture twice. I didn't mind
1: Bioshock 2. Bioshock 1 was by far the better game. I'm really interested to see what they do at Bioshock Infinite, but Bioshock oh. 2 was good. It just wasn't, you know, it didn't live up, live up to the original, but good lord, what could? Bioshock 1 was the uh, the storytelling, the overall ambiance of the game, the controls, everything was tight, and there was no multiplayer, and guess what? You didn't need it in that game. You just didn't.
2: And this is something that bugs me Is that because you have to churn out the sequel Every year now Is you can't have something that's just a whole package And it's done And it's good It's like the exact same rant I have about These Watchmen prequels that are coming
1: Mm. If there is money to be made They will make it They'll
2: sequelize it Yeah I know
1: If you will pay the money Scott you you said about the Watchmen prequel Will you buy them? No are you sure? Unless someone tells me they
2: get a decent Miniman story out of the Minuteman series, uh, no. Like there I, is nothing I do that I don't the... believe
1: you. No. <laughs> you will buy them. If for no other reason, so you can rant against them, but you will buy them. And no. guess what? They don't care if you rant against them. If you buy them, they're happy. Well, they am not made gonna their buy money. it.
2: Not gonna do it. I do not think like there's nothing that a four part story about Rorschach is gonna tell me about Rorschach that I didn't already know. And in yep. fact, the guy who's writing it is gonna get Rorschach wrong. I guarantee it.
1: Just saying, they're gonna make a lot of money.
2: Yeah, and you know what? They could have made maybe they could have tried. They got a lot of creative people on there. Maybe they could have got them three of them together and put together a new twelve part series that would define an entire era of comics. Could have happened.
1: If it will sell, they will make it. And guess what? People wanted another Bioshock game. They got Bioshock 2. Was it as good? Heck no. Did it sell like crazy? Yes. Did it sell as good as the first? No. But did they make their money? Yes, they did. So, would it be great in a, in a perfect, wonderful world? Would it be great to have, you know, something really good and just leave it alone? Yes, it would. But it's not going to happen. and so that the same came
2: to check. Coming next winter.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: that said, I think Bioshock Infinite is the right way you would have done a sequel to
0: Bioshock.
1: Well, yeah. y- Bioshock was... Infinite, I'm, that's one of those games, I'm going to play that game. I'm going to get that first day.
0: Yeah, that's, that's that... getting bought first day, but here's the thing. Everyone is touching on it. Everyone wants to have an article about it. Everyone is asking when it's done. They're building hype. And if we don't watch out, if we don't temper our expectations, we're going to be disappointed.
1: No, that's always the case, though. They always overhype things. I mean, that's why, you know, big surprise games. Like, did you even hear of Bioshock before it actually came out? No. First, I heard a thing few things
2: f- like six weeks before, and it was going to be like, this is going to be six, six, like a lot like System Shock, but with steampunk. And look at this underwater thing.
1: <laughs> I didn't hear about it till well after it had come out. And then I saw something, and people were talking about how great this game was, and a friend of mine recommended it and said, well, what's the story about? And he, go, he goes, I can't tell you.
0: I'll ruin something. I just can't say anything. Play the yeah. game.
1: And I'm glad it's, he did, because I'm really am glad I didn't get that spoiled for me.
0: There's another game like that that came out that no one knew was coming. Summer of Arcade, they're like, hey, we're doing another Summer of Arcade. We'll release all five titles at once of what they're going to be named and who's making them. And they came out with them, and they're like, it's from Dust, Connect Fruit Ninja, da 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 da, and Bastion by Super Giant Games.
2: And I'm and I'm always kind of sad that there's only one oh. good game out of summer arcade every given year.
0: Oh yeah. man, guys, have you played Bastion?
1: I've got it on Steam. I played a bit. I have not yet, but I have heard good things about it. Guys, it.
0: guys, it was Jonathan and I's game of the year. Really, for a Bat. downloadable, that is, no. it, all of 2011 Game of the Year. Oh, just period, wow, that is Both impressive. Of <laughs> Both of us. Both of us. definitely have to download that now, if you really, and the staff it. at RP,
2: and the staff at RP Gamer, as well.
0: Right, okay, so. Like,
2: we had da- Dragon Age 2, and Skyrim, and we all yeah. chose Bastion.
0: Bastion. Right, you had Dragon Age Two, which was was on my top three at some point. I mean, we, we did a two hour and twenty minute twenty eleven review show where we had people call in and give their stuff and da da da. But Bastion came out as the podcast's game of the year in about a vote of two to one. All right, you need to play this game. It is worth your time, and I'm not going to tell 10 you anything bucks. else. It is yeah, it's ten or fifteen dollars. I forget how much on live, but. I'll tell you this, it's a three-quarters view, like,
1: adventure RPG. I've seen seen it, plenty of reviews online, I've heard good things, but I've never been, you know, the top-down RPG player, but I really like the, the, from what I've heard of the narrator, that gruspy, you know, western uh,
0: voice. He was my character of the year.
1: Yeah, that guy sounds interesting enough that, you know, I kept keeping an eye on it, keeping an eye on it, but if you really think it's, you know beats that every game that's come out that might be the okay i guess i really have to play this now like it no it's that or portal 2 man
0: (laughs) no portal 2 was not on my stuff anywhere really but that's but that's me i have problems with portal 2 but once again that's about hype and expectations yeah again and so i'm really tempering my expectations for for bioshock infinite and i'm trying not to watch play videos and stuff that way i can just be blown away when it comes out and say, well, that's a... hey, everybody, it's as good as they said it was.
1: Well, that's another problem with you know, the times we live in. Everything is covered. You've got YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, everything. You can't you know, find the surprise because you've heard about it six months before it ever came out.
0: And that's you've why heard
1: all about it because they won't let you
0: they won't let anything be a surprise. Certain people do it well. And Christopher Nolan's one of them to branch into movies briefly. Yeah. He had to verbally tell people this, the ending to The Dark Knight Rises because he does not want it getting out. Oh, yeah. It is not in writing anywhere. Right. Except well, the sh- script.
1: Well, I'm sure, you know.
2: And I'm sure that copy of the script, that those pages of the script only got to a few people.
0: <laughs> Lock and key. I always thought. I would wager. Sure.
1: I always kind of uh, say that's the uh, the Lord of the Rings <laughs> problem. They had uh, when they were making Lord of the Rings. They had so many people that were trying to get you know souvenirs from the movie. And there were so many people on it, and it was so big of a project. They had to hide the One Ring. They actually had three of them, and they had to hide the one one of the One Rings, you know, in a hidden box, mark Gandalf's beard the whole time they were making it. You just <laughs> you just kind of have to hide stuff sometimes, even from the people you trust, just because you're worried something might disappear. Or something might get out in this current age we live in.
2: And no, and now those three rings are one's chilling with Peter Jackson, one is chilling with uh, Elijah Serkis, Wood, and one's with Elijah Wood.
0: Right. That makes Peter. That makes Peter Jackson Sauron.
1: Yeah, it is <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I just find it amusing that the whole damn time Elijah Wood was trying to get rid of that damn ring,
0: and then when the movie's over, he still has the damn thing. <laughs> Hey, we'll know in 15 years what he still looks like. He's eight. Yeah. <laughs> he got the real one. This is <laughs> crap. Andy Zirkus is going to actually look like Gollum, <laughs> right? It's going to be a very bad future. Yeah. All right. And other Peter shooter. Will... Any, Any
1: other Peter shooter Jackson stuff? Peter over us with
0: an iron fist. Other shooter stuff. That's... I'm good. I'm tapped, man. I am. Uh... I think we've ranted enough for one night. I'm out of fuel. Yeah, I think we're
2: good. Alright. Until next time.
1: Bye. Ladies. I think that went well. You know? ah, I thought they smelled bad on the outside.
2: This that on the outside is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike License, version 3.0 International. Check our website at SBO for contact information.